0: Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Hover and Eero. I'm Simone DeRochefort. I'm a senior video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm here today with Christina Warren. Crap, you've got a new title, don't you? It's it's, uh, uh a... Cloud Advocate, uh, Senior Cloud Advocate, rather. Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. Uh, Brianna is not with us today because, uh, as you might astutely know, if you have intuited that it is a Tuesday that we're recording this, uh, the Democratic debate is happening right now. So she's doing uh, debatey things and um, Democratic things and uh cool things so uh she's not with us tonight but she's with us in spirit and i think she'd be pretty bummed to be missing some of these topics that we're gonna be talking about oh yeah that's right we've got apple earnings and we've got a cool hack and then we've
1: got something else that we're gonna figure out as we go along we've got dessert as always okay simone you said a cool hack
0: it's not a cool hack. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I was it's just actually gonna a happy like, hack that I'm it's affected actually, by. I was,
1: was going to say, like, it's a cool hack for people like me who don't have Capital One cards, but for people like you who do. Yeah, it's kind of poopy. And, yeah, yeah.
0: I, don't know. Peace I, I literally don't know why I said cool. I think I just kind of blacked out in the middle of that sentence. But more on that later. Because first up, we will, of course, be talking about, oh, those Apple earnings. So exciting. Am I right? Everyone loves a good earnings call. Did y'all know that Apple revenue was up 1% year over year? But iPhone earnings have fallen uh, as low as they have been since 2012. iPhone earnings are now under half of Apple's revenue for the first time since that fateful year. Uh, So as we pull into Q3 and Q4 here... Everyone is, of course, expecting uh, services, subscription services, to support more and more of Apple's revenue because uh, iPhone sales are just, and phone sales in general are just kind of they're just chilling.
1: Yeah, I mean, the growth era is over at this point. And, uh, you know, we are pretty saturated in terms of smartphones. I think the last audience that you probably potentially could have if you were somebody like Apple would maybe be India. But then your price point, Apple's price point is so much higher than the average price point in India. And, you In India, they're even, from what I understand, this is what people in India told me when I was there, is that they're even less brand loyal than Chinese customers. And Chinese customers uh, are historically not brand loyal at all, meaning that if they see the shiny, fancy phone, they'll buy it. Mm -hmm. And if the next year it's a shinier, fancier phone or a cheaper phone or something else catches their attention, they'll go with that one. It's not like other parts of the world where you might have people who are like, Okay, I'm in this ecosystem, so I'm going to stay with this manufacturer. And apparently India is even less brand loyal than that. So not only are like iPhones expensive there, but people aren't brand loyal. So if you're Apple, like my take on this anyway, is it's gonna be harder for them to, you know, have that growth that they used to have, you know, they had for so many years in phone sales. And that's what we've seen over the last three quarters. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Now, I actually because you weren't here last week, we did not get your take on the rumored new iPhone uh, oh, form factor. So I, I do want to uh, briefly because that's going to be yeah coming up in September. Um, I mean, I want to I mean, get your looks, take on it.
1: I mean, it looks like a joke. I'm sorry. I I'm yeah. sorry. Like it it just. I mean, I'll obviously get one, but that back, I just can't. Can you? Like, what did you? What was your take? My because take
0: was. That I did I think I, I think my take was that I did not necessarily hate it. Um okay. and I don't think it looks good, but I, I, I think I'm kind of just like floating
1: along in a sea of why not with this I mean that's phone true. Right I mean I don't think it looks good. At the same time, I'm kind of excited about potentially having better camera things. The one thing I'll say though is that the Pixel, oh, by the by the way, we're not gonna talk about it this week, but this is hilarious. The Pixel 4 leaked. Just like past Pixel phones have leaked, and rather than like dealing with the fact that their renders and that the phone details leaked, Google just like announced it on their blog. <laughs> wow, they're like, okay, we'll we'll give you more details later, but yeah, this is what this looks like, and we'll talk about more things. Like it, it, it's it's really funny that that's basically what has started to happen now. This is like the second time now that Google has just like embraced the leak and been like, okay, cool, we'll just like blog it. Um. But the the pixel cameras have really good cameras, and a lot of that is because of the software that does some amazing stuff, especially in low light. So weirdly, like I, I'm excited about the potential camera stuff, even if I think it looks terrible. But I'm not necessarily convinced that Apple will be able to do what Google has done in terms of like the low light and some of like the the portrait mode and some of the other you yeah. know software and things and honestly
0: like so Google clearly has the camera game locked down with the Pixel and Apple i I hope like maybe maybe able to equal them with this but with such an uglier design
1: why what's happening yeah. here I don't know and the thing is is that it's a weird thing like for years Apple had the best phone cameras they had the best sensors they had the best kind of you know software and then what's happened is that Google because they very openly use you know lots of user data to improve their algorithms whereas Apple makes a big deal about their differential privacy stuff like Google's algorithms tend to be better when it comes to the AI stuff sorry guys they just do right like that's just mm-hmm. kind of the trade off so you know Google is is has you know everybody who uses Google photos you know is is volunteering basically to let Google use their photographs to test their models on to figure out, you know, aspects of how to make, you know, either corrections or other things better. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm not sure if, if Apple will be able to beat that. I sure hope they will, because I'm an iPhone user, and I really want, you mm-hmm. know, good camera software, but we'll see. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I mean, at this point, those leaks have happened enough that I'm like, yeah, this is what it's going to look like. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm just kind of preparing myself. Privacy is dead,
0: which would be a good segue into our next topic if we weren't only two minutes into this one. This Uh, is true. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so coming up next quarter, uh, like I said, we got the 2019 iPhones. We've got Apple TV Plus and Apple Arcade. Um, So um, they're saying like next quarter, Q3 and Q4 are going to kill it on revenue.
1: I mean, that's what they're saying, you know, I mean, obviously, um, we will see what's interesting is that not just not only were services, you know, like record breaking, which I think that's going to be the mantra, like we used to hear for years, obviously, for years and years and years, it was a record breaking iPhone quarter. I don't think we're going to hear that anymore. Instead, I think it's going to be a record-breaking services quarter, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's where they're kind of trying to shift and they're saying, okay, this is the cash cow. This is the growth engine we can go to because people in Wall Street like for you to show growth so we can shift to services, which is something that a lot of other companies have done too, including my employer, Microsoft, um, who uh, we reported our earnings, I think, last week. Uh, They were very good, at least from my perspective. And um, they, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Microsoft has, has gone heavily into cloud, which is the area that I work on. Mm -hmm. Um, But in addition to services, the really interesting thing to me was that wearables had like a huge year or a huge quarter. And, And Tim Cook spent a lot of time talking about wearables. And that's been really interesting because I believe that what they, they combine wearables, they include like the AirPods with that, and then obviously the watch. And if you think about it, at least when I think about it, I don't know what your thought is, Simone, but like when I think about what are the two Apple products that I'm kind of most satisfied with, mm-hmm. it's my AirPods and my Apple Watch. Like, I those love are the ones that I journey really
0: journey with the AirPods, um, which I was listening back before I was on Twitter. I went back and I listened to the most recent episode you'd done, and I think you talked about AirPods on that. Um, and I was just thinking about the, our journey, emotional journey with AirPods, from kind of making fun of them when they were first announced to you personally, because uh, I still haven't used them. Being like, no, I love these; they're great, and yeah. I can't live without them.
1: No, I love them so much. And it was funny because when I first used them, um, even at like the the hands on thing at the Apple event, I liked them. And then I got a pre production model, and I was like, okay, these are good. And they came out and I was like, "Eh, there's some things that I don't love about this, but I still like them. And then, um, you know, they've continued to add improvements within the software. And now it's at that point where I'm like, I can't not have them. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I I love them and I'm really looking forward to them coming out with like improved variants. Um, I love them so much. I use them in meetings all the time. And I was somebody who always had over the, um, you know, um, ear um, headphones to use um, while working. And now because i am on so many meetings now you know using a microphone they're just like the best things ever
0: Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. uh,
1: the only downside is like you cannot have them active in your ears for eight hours that you have to take them out and charge them in the middle which sucks but like other than that you
0: know (laughs) i can't live with them i'm sorry i'm making my microphone peak so much but can we can we just really quickly uh pin on that you can't are you telling me, Christina Warren, that if you did not have to take these headphones out to charge, you would just be constantly on a call or listening to music or podcasts for eight hours straight? Totally. You are my favorite maniac in the entire <laughs> world.
1: <laughs> um, I love them. But yeah, how did we get to this? Because uh, we were talking about wearables, we're right? We were talking about wearables, saying that like, yeah. that that was a huge, that was, you know, yeah. that was a big increase. and And I think that's really interesting that these two kind of smaller in some ways – you know, products, mm-hmm. like the watch had a rough start, but now it's a very successful business. And Even knowing as successful, even, even knowing how far the watch has come and
0: that it is a success now, I still would not have expected AirPods and the watch to be a, as big as they are in this.
1: Me either. And I think that even though I like them both, I think seeing that is really interesting. And and in some ways, that's that's kind of a good thing because both of those are items that You know, the watch, you need an iPhone to use. But like AirPods, you could use with any phone, right? But they really work well with the Apple ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it, I mean, I think probably the good thing for Apple when you look at those success, those two items, success and wearables as a category is that it's successful because of the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so even if the ecosystem, meaning like the iPod, the iPad and and the iPhone, even if those aren't selling as many, and even if growth has slowed, the ecosystem itself is really strong. And I think that probably speaks well to what they wanna do with services. Um, Now, I'm personally, I I want your take on this. They're gonna be coming out with, the way that they framed things, it makes me feel pretty certain Apple TV Plus is going to be a paid service. It's not going to be something that's free for Apple TV owners. It's going to be like a paid service. Yeah, You know, I don't know how well that's going to work, to be honest, because they are going to be coming up against Disney Plus and uh, HBO Max, which is a terrible name, but that's what we expect from <laughs> oh, at It sounds and like porn, but, you it know. It does. It really does. And in all these other, you know, kind of we're, we're at this point where we are – we are at peak. We are past peak video subscription services. And so I'm really curious to see what Apple does with Apple TV+. Plus. Because the only way I can kind of see that really taking off is if they do some sort of bundle where for a certain price a month, maybe $20 a month, you get Apple Music, Apple TV+, Plus, you know, iCloud mm-hmm. storage, um, something else. Like, if they yeah. do that, then I think that you could have a lot of people sign up. But if As long as it has comparable offerings
0: to other... Well, no, I, I guess if you wanted all those other things anyway, it's a might as well take it thing.
1: Right. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like, if they, if they, if they price it well. Because, I mean, that's that's been a thing where I think they've had a lot of luck getting people signed up with Apple Music, and that's been great. But I think that it's mm-hmm. one of those things, if you want people to sign up for, like, yet another video service... They're going to have to bundle it in or something because I don't know how many people are going to be spending $10 a month or whatever for Apple's, you know, streaming service.
0: Yeah, nothing that they have put out at this point makes me feel like it would be worth it. And when I say nothing that they've put out, I mean like... The single, the logos, plus actors on stage talking about their shows without showing any footage of their shows. Right
1: the the upfront somehow without the upfront did part. not make yeah. me
0: want to subscribe. Um, and I mean Disney, I guess did the technically the same thing at their San Diego Comic Con Marvel panel.
1: But I mean, we've all seen a Marvel movie. We have. Also, the difference with Disney is is they've been very clear. They're like, oh yeah, every Disney movie, every Disney TV show, all this stuff is going to be on the platform. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, cool, in, you know? like Yeah, it's very I, easy I, I to understand what, what you're getting for that, whereas Apple, like, I don't think
0: there's a a uniting theme of the content that they've been involved in creating other than that it is so middle of the road that nobody could possibly be offended by it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's NBC, but it costs money. Like, which, <laughs> you know, fine, but you know, like, again, we already have Netflix, we already have now we're gonna we have Hulu, we have mm-hmm. Amazon, um, we have um, now, you know, Disney Plus, there are a million other kind of, you know, uh, services and, and things. It's yet another thing. So it's gonna yeah. be hard. I don't know that, that that'll that be interesting seeing, I guess, if we'll see that in the I don't know if that'll be launching in September or not, if we'll be able to see it next earnings or if it'll mm-hmm. happen in the December quarter. But I don't know. I guess the converse of that would be Apple Arcade, uh, of which we
0: have actually seen some interesting games um, yeah. at their their previous conference. Um, one of which is Sayonara Wild Hearts from uh, the developer whose name that I love. Yes, Simogo, developer Simogo who makes really good games. Um, I, they they've done a lot of a, a few iOS games that have been so creative. Um, and I'm excited to I pl- actually played a bit of Sayonara Wild Hearts at PAX, so I'm really pumped for that to finally come out so I can play more of it. Um, yeah, I I think arcade to me is a much more logical offering but even so um i don't know how do you think it stacks up against other other subscription services for games or does it even need to because of the platform um, it's on
1: i think because the platform it doesn't need to right like okay and again like disclosure like i work at microsoft and i got like a substantial discount um Look, on my. everyone stuff, knows but- game pass is best we don't need to I get was- into it <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Game Pass is freaking awesome, right? Like, honestly, like Game Pass is really good. Um, I haven't used the, the the PlayStation one. What is that? PS Now? Yeah, um, I haven't used that one or PS Plus, whatever it is. Um, but but Game Pass, I think, is is really good. It works on PC. It works on on Xbox. But a lot of people, I would say, actually a huge number of people, the primary place they game is on their phone, mm-hmm. and so I think that lends itself well to iOS. And I think the fact that Game Pass will also work with the Apple TV and that you can now use PS4 or Xbox One controllers with it mm-hmm. will make that really interesting. Yeah. I also think that if you're, if I'm a parent, I like that the Game Pass is not going to have in app purchases. Mm-hmm. So that might be something where I'd be like, okay, I'll subscribe to this so that my kid can have a gaming experience and I don't have to worry about you know um getting looted for a jillion dollars because you know my kid figured out my passcode and and bought a bunch of in app purchases on something
0: that would be pretty smart of them to position it that way for parents
1: I mean I think that's that's I think that's probably what they're gonna ha- probably going to do i mean I, I don't think that they would have made a big deal when they announced it mm-hmm. about the no in-app purchase thing otherwise i think that's that no makes i disagree sense. with that because i feel like w- within video games there still is a huge
0: conversation about okay, microtransactions that's, that's,
1: fair. that's very fair um, that's very yeah, fair. i think jim
0: sterling just had a video go up this week uh about the casino and grand theft auto and just people just have very reactionary um, and very unnuanced opinions about <laughs> microtransactions, so Apple appealing to that uh, to the lack of them is definitely a very popular move.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that'll probably come down for me for Game Pass's success because I have a feeling it, it will be successful is going to be the price. Like, what do they price you mean that arcades? As? Sorry, 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 yes. They're not a game at arcade because. If, if they charge, say, $5 a month, I think that's a huge win, right? Mm-hmm. If they are yeah. charging 10 or 15 I think that's a little bit harder. Uh, I agree. Because, because and, and the reason I say this to people, are like, oh, well, you know, Xbox Live is, or PlayStation Gold costs this, and Game Pass, you know, Ultimate is 15 I get that. Whether this is fair or not fair, and you can correct me on how you... Think that um, how accurate you think this is, Simone. I still think that there is a perceived bias difference between wh- how much people are willing to pay for um, like a, a console versus what they are for like a um, either a mobile system like the Switch. So you look at like what Nintendo charges for you know their yearly you know fee or mm-hmm. what a mobile only service could have um i think
0: that's definitely for better or for worse true of people's perception of mobile games um and you're absolutely right i i don't think anyone would i i, I can't see anyone being thrilled with a 15 dollar a month price tag for um phone games which sucks it sucks but it does, I, I do but- think that that's how the market would respond
1: yeah, and I think even 10 would be like pushing it, right? Like, honestly, like, I feel like you can spend 10 on video, you can spend 10 on music, but I feel like games, again, like, even if this is unfair, I don't know. So, I don't know. I mean, I, again, like, uh, MG Siegler uh, uh, from Google Ventures, he's made this point before. I do agree with him. I think that if Apple were able to come up with some sort of discounted, like, Apple Pass where you pay a certain amount and get access to all the various subscription things. Mm-hmm. That would be huge because that would be a big win. Um, you would, I think, you'd have a lot of people who would never subscribe to the individual services, subscribing to the bigger um bundle of things. And you probably still wouldn't have your usage at the point where it would, you know, not make you as much profit. Mm-hmm. Like because because if, if Apple says to me, "Hey, Christine, instead of giving us this amount of money a month, you give us more," um and then I'm getting access to things, and I, but I'm not really, I maybe I'm using them, maybe I'm not. Um, it does two things. One, they're getting more money from me a month. And two, it's like reinforcing the fact that iMessage owns me and that <laughs> Apple owns me and that I can never move to any other platform ever. Yeah, yeah. Which ultimately um, I think is what they want from an earnings perspective to, to, to bring this back around on earnings. Like of course. Ultimately, they want, you know, the reason they're, they're going so hard on services is because if they're not going to be selling, you know, phones hand over fist, then you want to keep people... In your ecosystem, and the best way to do that is is with services because that way, even if they're keeping their phones longer, if they're getting them repaired, um, you mm-hmm. still have you know your there's kind always a the chance you forget to cancel it.
0: Um, and I want to add a shade of nuance to this because I forgot that the Apple Arcade will also uh, be on the MacBook. So oh
1: right okay well yes. then okay well then in that case maybe they could charge. Uh, I you know
0: I I feel like. Ten would not make a splash in terms of people's response to it. Like if that, yeah, they came out and said that, I think people would be like, okay, yeah, sure, fine. But if they did say five, I think people would lose their minds.
1: Yeah, I think that they could totally win a huge amount of that. And I will say this. Yeah, you're. I I'd forgotten that it was a Mac thing. That's great. I'm also gonna kind of like be real and say like, okay, how many Mac games are there? You know what I mean? Like, it's not a thing. Like, it's just not. The impression
0: from the site that they are going to be developing f- for all of these platforms and that the, the games will all work on all platforms that are
1: made for Apple Arcade? No, I mean, that's what I imagine. But I mean, I think you're looking at whatever your experience is going to be. Like, okay, some of the, like if they're using, you know, um, uh, Catalyst to bring, um, the iPad games over to the Mac. Maybe that's what they're doing, and maybe yeah. that's a good experience. Maybe it's not. I don't know. You know, it's just that's right true. now. It's yeah. I don't know how many people, even hardcore Mac users, if they want to play games, they're they're loading up Windows. Like that's just that's just how it works. Um, sure. Or you're using your Xbox, or your PS4. Like I I I'm I. I don't love that. I but really
0: hope. So, what I would like from this is another way. I realized we've kind of strayed from earnings and we've gone into yeah, Apple fine. Arcade predictions. I don't care. Um, that is what I want from fine. this is another service that can put a barrier between me and Steam because I am mm-hmm. off Steam. I do wow. not want to use Steam ever again. I've switched over to Gog and Itch. I know Gog has problems. I hate Steam. I hate the experience of using Steam enough. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Um, so what I would love is if this were, if this became big enough that it was another service the developers saw as uh, useful for their games to be on, and they would put them there, and then I would not have. I would there would be even fewer games. That I would have to go to Steam to play. Because there's so many games that people are really enjoying right now. Yeah. I look them up, like Heaven's Vault, which my coworker Susanna Polo is really enjoying. Um, and I'm looking for them, I'm looking for them, and they're just on on Steam. Steam. They're not on GOG, they're not on itch. Um, and that's very uh
1: is how I feel about that. So before, I, I, since we've strayed into this, what was your rationale for getting off of Steam? Like, were you just tired of their policies with the with the green light program? Or are you just like tired of it in general? Like, what's what's it, your it beef was with Steam? Not
0: even it was so much more self centered than that. It was the experience of using yeah. that UI. And yeah, it
1: was the, the client experience is terrible.
0: Of occasionally like. Uh, of how persistent Steam is about trying to boot up, uh, or trying, yeah, trying to boot up when you turn your computer on. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like I, I, I've disabled that. I don't want that to happen. Um, it, it annoys me. Um, and yet somehow it keeps happening. So uh, I just kind of got sick of it one day, and in a fit of peak, I just uninstalled it from every machine that I have, including my work laptop. Um, and I will resist going back there as long as I can, Christina. I don't want to
1: be there. That's wow. I mean that's that's something. Um, I hate it so much. I mean I don't I don't think anybody loves the Steam client at all. I I, I am interested in um, Gog's Galaxy 2.0 client that's supposed to bring like all of your dashboards into one thing. I so I'm not sure what version is that an upcoming version of GOG? Yes. Okay. So so it was like one library where it'll basically plug into um, you know uh, EA's thing and (gasps) Xbox thing and Steam and all the stuff, and it'll have like now, heck yeah, yeah, that that looks looks great great
0: because my experience using GOG's platform has been very good. Um, It it is fast. It is easy to navigate. It is attractive. Um, and yeah, I've, I definitely have no regrets, uh, as far as my user experience on switching over to GOG.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and for me, that would just be like, even if it's an alternative thing, like, even if I, you know, if, if it can, you know, just pull in my Steam stuff and be like, okay, you do have to, um, have, you have to install Steam to do this. Like for me, it would be really good to just have all my games listed in one place.
0: Absolutely. Uh, hey, guess what? What? We're going to take a quick break to talk about Hover. One of the show's longest-running sponsors. True. We know you love learning about tech, and Hover is a great tech company to talk about. It is a big leap for a ton of entrepreneurs because uh, your business starts with a domain name. Oh, yes, it does. And then you know what time it is now. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there is a domain name waiting for it. And they have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. They are dedicated to getting you and your business online. They are not dedicated to upselling you. That's right. Hover has a free who is privacy, a free who is. No, just free who is. There's no article in there. Hover has free who is privacy, so the bad guys don't get your information. More on that later. They also have a clean uh, UI and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It is very easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. And I, myself, in this very moment, am going to use Hover's clean UI at hover.com to f- check out some domains so you go there you go there and right up top there is a search box where you can just start tapping in your ideas um christina i'm feeling right now sweaty sweaty hmm. any
1: uh d- should i do this you should do like simone.hot simone is hot wouldn't simone is hot oh and find God. out what her options are please Okay,
0: well, I mean, sweaty.online is on sale right now for $4.99, but all I will right, put really in good. Simone is Hot.
1: Let's see. I'm doing this, too. What have
0: suggest? Oh, wow. I can actually buy SimoneisHot.com for $12.99. Um, SimoneisHot.online is again on sale for $4.99, which is That's baller. so good. Um, SimoneisHot.store for all of <gasps> my summer wear, uh, which yep. I am selling now. Um, my Simone is okay. hot
1: tank tops, seven ninety nine. I love it. So one of the suggestions, and I do love this about Hover, is that Simone is cool.com is also available. Uh, and so it that's just gave great. that. It, I, that's actually really smart. I didn't realize the Hover algorithm was was as good about that. That's really good. I love, oh my God, yeah, it's right there, $12.99
0: for that .com domain. Um, it also suggested Simoneisbest.com. It's doing nice. two interpretations of hot there. Um, Do you know if there's a dot here TLD because Simone is hot in dot here (laughs) would be really great. Um, I'm not seeing it. I don't think it it exists as an existing TLD that's for sale. Um, But they have a ton. They have a lot of ones associated with businesses, some associated with lifestyle, um, educational ones, real estate ones. They have so many categories. (gasps) Simone is hot dot sucks. oh Oh, no don't buy that also nobody buy any of these uh oh this is cool there's a dot black friday domain i didn't know that um great just in time for my thanksgiving i oh my god they have simona's hot dot cool
1: for 30 dollars. i mean i kind of feel like we should buy it for you i kind of feel like that's a great domain name to buy Oh god. Actually, if any of the listeners want to do this, I think we have a coupon code they could they could do to to buy this to show their love. Please don't.
0: Please don't waste your please don't waste your coupon code on that. Buy one for yourself and I will tell you how. You can go to hover.com slash rockets and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. So one more time, that URL is hover.com slash rockets. And please make yourself make a name for yourself with hover. Don't make a name for me. That's part. of I don't know. That, that's what I'm reading here. That's just what it says. Um, buy something nice for yourself. <laughs> you can get Simona's hot dot fans. Oh, my God. Please. Don't. <laughs> uh, and then the, the, the moisture on my face will be from tears. Thank you so much, Hover, for your support of this show and Relay FM. Let's talk about these totally deeply uncool hacks, um, which I am affected by. So here, a cool thing that happened this week, Christina. Uh, <sighs> yes, was please tell me that if you were affected by the Equifax hack, uh, uh-huh. you could log into a tool and put in your name and I think the last four digits of your social and find out if you're you were owed money by Equifax because you were affected by the hack, uh, which happened a, what, a couple of years ago. Um, so I did that and I was not affected by the hack. And I thought, well, nice. I don't, I, I don't was. get a hundred bucks,
1: but oh, how much did you get? Well, it really depends because they're telling me that I'll get $125, but that goes down if more and more people sign up. Oh, no. (laughs) So, if more than 258,000 people sign up, then the money goes down. And so, if every affected person by the Equifax uh, hack is to claim it, I think that everyone gets like 37 cents or something. Uh, So, rocketing 37 cents, but not a lot. Don't. Don't. No, I mean, I mean, look it's, it's to to me. Although, although part of me wonders if all of this is kind of a grift, where they're like spreading out about how hard it will be for anybody to actually get their money, so that people like me will look at it and be like, ah, it's not even worth like claiming if it's going to be so small, so that not a lot of people claim. It was so easy to claim, though, but that's not the point. The point
0: is, I'm not owed any money, and I thought, that's great. How good for me? My identity is safe. And then, today, it was revealed that Capital One has been hacked. Um, guess who has a Capital One account? Haha, ha, not me. You can't get my data. I definitely am not a customer of Capital One. Whoa. I haven't been affected by a data breach that exposed the names, addresses, phone numbers, emails, dates of birth, and self-reported income of approximately 100 million Americans and 6 million Canadians. That includes bank account info and social security numbers and credit card applications. I wouldn't, my data would never be affected by such a thing. It was uh, Capital One was hacked. Um so it bad it bad they're reporting um Capital One reported 140,000 yes i'm reading that correctly US social security numbers 80,000 bank account numbers and 1 million million canadian social insurance numbers were compromised but the good news is that the data accessed was only uh from the date range when people applied for credit cards from 2005 through early 2019, so that's only 14 years of data. So and and like in in terms of how old the universe is, that's not a lot, right? Okay, so so it goes back to
1: 2005. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well then I might have been affected. So oh booyah! Ha <laughs> 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 Suck it, Christina. Uh, yeah, no joke. That there's a very good possibility that I was affected then. Awesome. Great. Love it.
0: I'm really excited so for when they launch their tools so that I can see if I was affected. Um, so I changed my password, is the long story short. Um, but basically, this happened, uh, they're saying, because there was a configuration vulnerability in the cloud service that hosts Capital One's data. And this was allegedly exploited uh, by a woman in Seattle. <laughs> uh-huh. A former Amazon Web Services employee uh, who. Then, who has been very online throughout the entire thing.
1: Very online. Very
0: online. Posted about it in her private Slack. Posted a bit on Twitter. And also on her meetup group, which is very industrious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like, I'm I'm not, I mean, look, this is obviously terrible and, um, the The fact that somebody did this, uh, her friends talked to like the New York Times and some other people and have had concerns about her and she's, she is not well and I, I genuinely hope that she gets the help that she needs. But I, I can't remember a time that a hacker was like this online about the fact that they were stealing credit card numbers and information from Amazon S3 buckets. Like I honestly can't remember the time there was a hack where you had the person who was easy to trace back to their own identity who was like so like... Reason about it
0: and that's why this kind of feels like a a cry for help crime to me because she was clearly dealing with like the death of her pet etc and i feel like most of the other hacks we've seen have been by people like trying to do exploits or steal stuff and maybe it's for clout in their own way but privately whereas this was very much like she was using the metaphor of i Gonna, I've, I've strapped a bomb to myself and I'm walking into Capital One. Not literally, not literally, but in the metaphor of I've got all this data and I'm showing it off. I think she, yeah, she posted the data to GitHub um, on an account that was linked to her full name, email address, and other pages that belong to her, according to the court documents that were posted by New York Times and Washington Post today. So, yeah, it feels like a cry for help crime. That being said, my data.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that do we know what she did to did with this? Did she like sell it to people? Like, do we that I haven't been clear on? That like, it does it just, not seem like she did. It seems like she just
0: post spread a bit of it around um, and like like showed file names to her friends in the Slack channel. I do not I have not seen uh any writing about her having sold it.
1: Right. And that was what I was going to say. So potentially as terrible as this is, they've arrested this person. Hopefully she gets the help she needs. Hopefully, you know, um, she will do whatever time she needs to do, you know, uh, it it can if she's convicted, right, and it's mm-hmm. proven, uh, you know, uh, guilty, everybody deserves a free trial and whatnot. But assuming this person is convicted and assuming that she, um, you know, serves time and whatnot, if she has not sold the data and if it's not, like, publicly in, like, she just, like, released it on various, like, uh, tour sites or, or nodes or, like, you know, like, uh, you know, um, forums or discords or whatever, mm-hmm. then maybe everything will be okay, Right. Yeah. Like that, that, that's the best case scenario. I, and that's what I'm kind of hopeful about is that this is a person who is clearly going through some things as a call for help. And that hopefully, you know, nobody is, this hasn't been sold. Now, if this has been sold, that's a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and that would be much, much worse. Um, And not just for the individuals who are impacted by this, but potentially for whoever, you know, did this, because if it, they were sold then then that would have direct impact on, Sentencing and and charges that will be brought against the person and whatnot. So yes,
0: um, I just did a cursory scan of our search uh, con- command F of some of the articles, and I didn't see anything about selling. I didn't see sell or sold. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, this, yeah, I was going to say I didn't recall <laughs> reading that either. But I didn't read everything that was about this. So yeah, um, yeah. Wow. Uh, when do you think
1: they we will know? I mean, I guess that depends. I mean, they they released, they arrested the person. They were able to find her because she was so extremely online. And, like, I don't mean to make light of this situation, but that was a really interesting aspect of this to me, is just to see how extremely online this person was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I, as I said before, you, we usually don't see that, or at least... You don't see the activity on like public networks, right? Mm -hmm. Like you might see it on like uh, maybe there's IRC chats, or or maybe people are are making comments, you know, on on tour. Maybe they're doing other things, but usually not like Meetup. Yeah, we gotta be honest. Meetup is the one the the one that drew my name
0: when I saw the list of social networks where she'd post about it. I was like, ah, Meetup, huh?
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll. So they've released, you know, the they had they released like why she was indicted or not indicted, arrested or whatever the 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 complaint, and I guess we'll have more information. I guess as they do their investigation, and and um, I, I think some of that too will come down to you know if she cooperates with authorities and talks mm-hmm. to them because if you know find out more information that way. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. Um, and it's it's disappointing, obviously, for Capital One. And they clearly made some mistakes here in that they didn't have their uh, S3 buckets protected and, and maybe secured in a way that they should have been. But at the same time, this is really one of those things where it sounds like what happened was you had someone who had access to tools that only someone who works at Amazon would have access to and really, you know, abused um, those um, permissions and, and that, that access, you know, went into things, which is really, uh, to me, almost in some ways more insidious than some of the usual hacks that happen where people just kind of brute force things. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about people who, like, when you take a job at a big company, you're agreeing not to do certain things. And there are going to be certain tools that, you know, if everything isn't locked down, just because it's in your own thing, you you know, you have to... you. You still have to be almost in some cases. You have to protect from whoever your data provider is, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I I don't know from an infosec standpoint. I think the really good, you know, obviously really good security things are doing that. But I could also see how even a big company or even you know somebody like 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 city uh, like a Capital One rather could think oh, well, we've got this configured to prevent outsiders from getting in things, not realizing, oh, we also have to make sure that we're protecting things in such a way that yep. anybody who works at our cloud host can't get into things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have to say, as somebody who works at a cloud company, like I don't want to ever be able to access anybody's anything. You know what I mean? Like, dude, do not let me access any account that I do not have like subscription access to. Do not. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't want I don't want way like, in. Even if you
0: yourself didn't turn out to be a criminal, it would mean a potential venue of exploit, right? Totally. Yep. Hey, now. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Eero. Eero is a game changer because it means I can actually access internet from anywhere in my house. What? There's always that one room that has an unreliable Wi-Fi connection. And nothing is more irritating than watching your favorite show, And seeing it stop to buffer, which is a thing that should not happen because it's the year 2019. And we left that feeling behind many years ago. But as some of us sadly know, it still does happen. Some are affected by buffering. And in that (laughs) case, you might want to blanket your home in Eero's fast, reliable Wi-Fi so that you can constantly have strong signals wherever you need it. It sets up in just a minute, plug it straight into your modem or router box, and you can even manage it with a super simple app, which lets you do cool stuff like pause the Wi-Fi while you're all eating dinner. What? And you can get alerts if any device tries to join your network, which I'm sure you'll give a very cool name. Eero has fixed all of the Wi-Fi problems. There are no more dead spots, no more buffering. Screw you, buffering. It's an internet Seriously? lover's dream you can get yours fixed as soon as tomorrow by going to ero.com slash rocket and entering the offer code rocket at checkout. You can also get free overnight shipping if you do that, y'all. That's E-E-R-O, ero.com slash rocket and the code rocket at checkout to get your Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. Uh, but you gotta use the URL to get that offer. So once again, it's ero.com slash rocket and the code rocket. Thank you so much, Eero, for your support of this show and relay FM.
1: Woohoo. And yeah. uh, if you want it if you want an easy way to set up a router system for your house, like a mesh system, I've tried them all. Eero is definitely the best. So
0: Trust Christina, the owner of devices. Yep. Man, yep. I said we were gonna talk our way into a
1: dessert topic. And here we are. It's the moment of truth. It is well. Before we talk about dessert, I do want to give a shout out to an app that I love that came out last week. It's called Flighty, and it is um, an i uh, it's an iOS app. And uh, if you travel a lot, uh, like me, it is the best app. Um, I've been beta testing it for a few months, and it's awesome. And uh, flightyapp.com, dot um, it, It's if you just want to add things in manually, it'll work. But if you want notifications and you want it to automatically sync with TripIt and some other things, um, you can either pay monthly or annually. Um, I love it. If if you fly a lot, like genuinely, it's such a good app. I flew to and from San Francisco yesterday, and it was so nice because it I get alerts like every time anything happens from the FAA or like when the plane arrives, like if it's arriving late or if it's, you know, taking off early or whatever the details might be, you know, it automatically like tells me I get alerts on Flighty before I get them both from TripIt and from um, like Delta. So uh, it's also really pretty. So I just wanted to give that a shout out. They're not paying me for anything. I paid my own in-app, you know, subscription to support them, support the devs. But um, I like to share information about things that I like. And I like Colidy. So I just wanted to share that. This
0: looks really cool. I'm looking at the website right now. Oh, really pretty. Oh, Nice. Yeah, I don't know if you you heard, but my uh, flight to San Diego was delayed when I went to Comic-Con, and it was
1: an experience. Was that a direct flight, or was it? It was direct, thankfully. Okay, that's good. That's good, yeah. No, because what's happened to me before, actually this happened when I was leaving Stockholm, is that my flight from Stockholm to, um, I guess it was Amsterdam- Got in late. And so I missed my flight from Amsterdam to Seattle. And so originally, they were going to have me rebooked on a flight out the next day. And I was like, well, okay, now I have to get a hotel and that's a pain. Um, But I was able to get rebooked on a flight to Los Angeles. But then I had to fly from Los Angeles to Seattle. So it was a whole, like… Nightmare. Um, Yeah. You know, so but the thing is is that I had at least some knowledge of that because Flighty was giving me updates like while I was using the Wi-Fi on the the Stockholm to Amsterdam flight about how late I was going to be. So I was able to (laughs) see that like my other flight had already left. And the Delta app hadn't told me yet, oh, we're rebooking you or whatever. I was just like, I already knew it was like, okay, get thee to the KLM Air France desk. Like as soon as I like you know, land and um, jostle my way into trying to get a faster flight out rather than having to leave the next day. So that sounds like a small nightmare. I mean, it can be. Uh, This is the if you again, it's one of those weird things like I've become weirdly almost like sanguine about it mm-hmm. just because I, I travel so much. At the same time, I do get annoyed like when I'm trying to leave Toronto to go to Seattle and the, because the freaking government, CPB, takes so long because you clear customs in Canada before you get into the US. I missed my flight, even though they hadn't taken off yet. And so I had to fly from Toronto to Vancouver, then Vancouver to Seattle. It oh was a whole God. thing. Yeah, yeah. That's that silly. was that was that was fun. Ugh.
0: Dessert. Dessert. Let's talk about it. The thing that people are wild for is a show. I started watching Outlander. I started watching Outlander. Have you watched Outlander? You really?
1: I have never watched Outlander, but I know Damn about- Damn it, Christina. I, well, well, no, but, but, but I know about Outlander because I know- That um uh what's his face? Shatner gets really, really mad at the people that ship the uh the actors that play the couple on the show. They like ship them in real life, even though they're not dating. And William Shatner somehow has gotten wind of this and becomes infuriated by it. Oh my god, he gets so mad. Like he screen like he hates the IRL shippers. And he's like, they're married to other people. What's wrong with you? Like, he will go off on them. And you know how he's like an angry old man on the internet? Like, literally, he is like the definition, like the dictionary, like old man yells at cloud. Like, that is William Shatner, right? And he honestly does he do this for any other couple? No, I think it's just (gasps) because he's friends with, like, or he knows one of them and maybe knows he's maybe he's been at Comic Cons with them or whatever and, and has seen, you know, how kind of, I guess, maybe like, not how much they don't like being asked about it at cons and so he just goes like hardcore and it's weird too because I know that he's friends with uh what, whatever the guy is um what's the couple that everybody thinks that everybody writes okay Harry so what's and the Louis and One Direction no 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 obviously that one's like number one but <laughs> and um uh, but but the other the other uh male male one uh Castile the uh the oh, ones from um, um yeah in Supernatural Castile yeah, and yeah. Dean yeah, so obviously, like, the Sam and Dean one, like, that's gross because it's brothers, but I know there's a ton of fanfic about that, like, I know. But, like, the the Castile one, like, he's – Shatner is friends with one of those guys, and both of those dudes are – all three of those dudes are married. But he doesn't, to my knowledge, get his – get upset about that, but he gets really upset about the Outlander, like, IRL This shippers, is which fascinating is, to me,
0: and I have found right? a Vox article about it now uh, because, of course, it, th- this explainer <laughs> exists, and it is now in our show notes did Asia write it?
1: Yes, they did. <laughs> of course, she did. I, I love, I love that they did. I, I love, I love, I love them. Um, yeah, uh, if anybody was going to write about the bat, uh, yeah, Asia Romano
0: it. has been in fandom since uh, the Harry Potter days of yore and is very uh, well versed in the the drama that comes with shipping so they're the perfect person to write this yeah no
1: no no they know all about the drama i've i've had many conversations with them over the years (laughs) um because uh, uh they worked with a grant at daily dot and uh yeah it's it's great so yeah i mean so no i haven't i've never watched outlander but i know about that drama so i appreciate that this is a fantastic side of it that i did not even appreciate
0: when i got into this um and now i uh yeah I'm, I'm reading these tweets uh you and your group terrorize the fandom says william shatner um <laughs> after what i've seen and read in the past two days it's time to call the kate sam ship the titanic
1: oh my god um that's great i hope man you know what's great about this honestly i was just sorry sorry i was just going to comment like Modern fandom, at least I believe, this is where it still is its earliest thing. Basically, starts with Star Trek, right? Like, that's basically yeah. like, like at least like the online of whatnot, like it, it all began. I mean, this is what I was taught in college anyway. And yeah, I, I learned about fanfic in college. And I was like, yeah, I've been on LiveJournal. I'm, I'm aware of this. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of funny that, you know, like one of the guys that like his the show he's most famous for is like literally like the birthplace of modern fandom and fanfic as it, as it exists is uh, the one who's kicking up a storm. Absolutely. And
0: I honestly wish in situations like this, people would just let the, the rich fool say their thing and ignore them because arguing with William Shatner about this is like punching a brick wall. Like, what are you doing? (laughs)
1: I mean and he will block you and then subtweet you or tweet you directly like he will go he all he's petty. Out. He's a petty Twitter user. He um he got mad at my friend John because John was verified on Twitter and he didn't think that John deserved to be verified. John <sighs> was the social media manager at Engage at the time. Now he runs all of social for Sinclair Broadcasting. John's a great guy and he used to work at, at, at Version um um uh Air and uh like Version America rather. And um like Obviously, he's somebody who should be verified on Twitter, but William Shatner didn't think that he deserved to be. So he <laughs> went on this tirade about people who didn't deserve their blue check marks. Here's the best part. So he blocks John. He blocks some of his other people. Somehow I did not get blocked. And then he did an interview with Lance Ulanoff, my former coworker, <gasps> inside Google Docs. Oh, my God. Yes. Like they Both started typing about, at the same time. Yes. Yes. Like they started talking through DMS and then, and um, Lance was like, well, you want to do an interview about this? And, and Shatner was like, well, I don't want to get on the phone, but let's use Google docs. Wow. Which I mean, I mean, and that you, is a step up from an email interview. It really is. It's honestly quite a good way of making, ensuring that what you're, you know, typing can be seen by the other person. Like if you're going to do it, if you're not going to use, IM, like, that's fine. And uh, I guess I am doesn't really exist anymore. I guess you'd have to use like WhatsApp or iMessage or whatever. And uh, that's really sad that I am doesn't exist anymore. That's really sad. (sighs) But, you know, uh, but just that was one of those things where I was like, you are both an old man who screams at things and an old man who uses Google Docs as a way to give interviews about people you don't believe deserve to be verified on Twitter. I'm going to find the article to link to you because it's so good. That's the pettiest
0: thing that I've ever heard in my life. And it makes me so happy. Christina, what are yes. you up to this week?
1: Um, I'm doing some stuff at work. You can find my videos at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer, where I uh, have always wear my fun shirts. I wore my Fire by Enron shirt two <laughs> weeks ago. So good. Best shirt of all time. Also, um, uh, on that note, we're going to be doing um, a, a, a special uh, subscribers episode um, for the Relay uh, anniversary um next week so if you are a subscriber uh, you will get that special episode it's going to be a good one Um, and um, other than that I mean I'm just I'm so it's the slow season at work but I'm working on things that will be kicking off this fall so I've actually got a lot of things that I'm working on I'm building a lot of content so it's one of those things where like everybody's on vacation but I've got work oh no it's I mean it's fine I maybe they feel like you've traveled enough for
0: 10 lifetimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm only going to do like 7 or 8 tour stops next year. I was originally asked to do like 13. I was like, nah. "No.
0: <laughs> Thank you."
1: <laughs> I was like, "No, that's okay." Uh,
0: well, I hope that your slow season continues to go well. Uh this is my last week in power. Uh, as uh, filling in for my boss. She's coming back on Monday. Um, I'm pretty excited, but I will never give up my throne and I will fight to the death um, for my absolute iron-fisted control over Polygon video. So stay tuned Uh, for that. Um, What else am I doing? I'm just trying to go to the beach this weekend. I'm still kind of recovering from San Diego Comic-Con. Did you get the Comic-Con flu? No, I did not. Because I was only there for literally maybe two days, if that. Um, but no, we have uh some exciting stuff. We have an episode of Overboard going up this week, and then we have another video uh that will be coming out hopefully soon-ish that a lot of people have been asking for and I'm really excited about, but I'm not gonna tell you uh what it is yet. But just know that we shot a really cool thing, and it's gonna be awesome. And you can find me, to stay updated on that, at Twitter, uh, on
1: Twitter at Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Christina, what about you? You can find me at Film underscore Girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And as I said, you can find the stuff that I do at work at YouTube.com slash Microsoft Developer. Uh, my show is This Week on Channel 9. And um, I'm always wearing really fun shirts. But also, if you just click on like our main like YouTube page, usually the latest episode of This Week on Channel 9 is like in the... You know, uh, subscribe uh, trailer kind of like you know hero spot. So excellent. You can uh, you can find that stuff there. But yeah, I am. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you will be going to the beach and hopefully you'll be able to cool down some since it's been so hot in New York. Uh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm sorry about that.
0: Hey, if you like this show, please remember to rate it on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends so that they can enjoy it as well. I'm going to put my head in front of an air conditioner. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And do remember, oh, my God, I'm really, really excited about the um, membership episode that we're going to be doing next week. Me too. So uh, stay tuned for more teases about that. It's going to be great. Um, Also, oh, I'm going to be on another podcast this week. Uh, It's called Is This Adulting? And that episode is also going to go up on Thursday. So if you feel like having... A Double Helping of Simone in Your Ears. You can check out Is This Adulting on Thursday. Uh, It's like a mental health check-in podcast about just journeys, journeys. Uh, And it it was a really fun episode to film, actually. I laughed so hard I cried at one point. So, um, yeah. But more about this show. It deserves a five-star rating. And you should give Rocket that thing. Thanks. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.